0: I am. My voice is fucked up. I, I I sound like I'm sick, but I'm not. I sound like I have to have a, like a, like a quiet voice when I shouldn't. That's all right. Uh, I'm gonna do the best I can right now. Let's start today's episode of a podcast with Jordan Haas. Welcome to Podcast Jordan Haas. I'm your host, Jordan Haas. I'm very sleepy right now. Let me just adjust this microphone. So sorry if I sound very quiet. Um, probably gonna be going back and forth on this episode in case you know my mom needs help. Uh basically her health is just back to square one. So I'm very tired. So apologies in advance if you want a high-energy episode like the last few. Uh I, I just I don't have it in me. Um and it's been a while. Uh so yes, uh there's new episodes of game shows I suppose here and there. Hope you guys enjoy them. I it's not gonna be every week. They should always keep saying that to people who might be thinking, Oh, it's Wednesday, there's gonna be a new episode. I look, there it there there's sometimes no chance in hell I have of making any recordings. This is the first time, aside from maybe one hour on a Saturday, I had to sit down at this computer. I spent a good chunk of the time lying on a couch all week, not a bed, and it hurts just because you have to take care of somebody, and it sucks sometimes, but you you know, it's someone you love, so... I'm sure this is what parenting is, right? If, if you're a parent, this is probably the same, right? Like a, like a crying child so you just don't get sleep. All right. Uh, so uh, I haven't really been on the internet this week. Oh, I mean, I have been on the internet. I, I, I'm, try, I'm well aware of the Writer's Strike, the Director's Guild thing, all that good stuff. But I haven't really this weekend – Seen anything? Everyone's talking Spider Verse. I know that much, and it's Pride in West Hollywood currently, and there is a few events here and there, but there there hasn't really been anything for for me because essentially I've been stuck. I I, I barely watched the AEW Double or Nothing pay-per-view that that just happened uh, last weekend. I wanted to to come up here and talk about that, that pay-per-view, but I, I didn't even have time to... I, ha, I was going to order it and watch it on my phone, but hell broke loose, and I couldn't fucking take the three hours of my time to watch a pay-per-view. So all I've been watching is clips and promos and any sort of quasi-illegal bootleg of it instead of what I normally would do is try and download the um, the fight app and, and, and watch it there or go to a group chat and, and watch it that way but I never got the chance uh, from what I'm gathering eh, it's a very eh show and that's kind of sad but um it seems like what, what happened with AEW is I think Tony is like has so many things up ahead that the booking of this got a little bit uh, slow because he's focused on Collision's first episode. So it keeps uh, Warner Brothers happy and all that punk stuff. Uh, the big Forbidden Door event that's coming up, I think, next month. And also the big Wembley show. That, hey, a uh, Vegas show. It's just, didn't, you no. Know. Now, I, I think what I, AEW does well is its whole marketing and, and its good graces. But now that it's been about five years almost, it's sort of just like, oh, okay. Be right back. Which reminds me of the AEW game that's coming out. Um... So it's available for pre-order now, um, but I'm waiting for the PC edition, and I'm on Steam right now, and you just can't get it pre-ordered on Steam. I don't know what that's all about, but hey, uh, you can get now for Xbox or PlayStation or GameCube. I've seen clips of the game now. I I don't really want to judge a game by clips. Feels like old-timey uh, video game logic. But it it does sort of feel like a... It feels like a TNA game. I know everyone wants a No Mercy, or they want a, ro- like a WrestleMania X7. But I'm looking at that game, and it just looks like... Uh, the fucking TNA Impact game from a few years ago. Like, it's just... Ugh... I don't know what to say. I mean, I'm going to get it and play it, but I think it's just going to be one of those. I don't know if this is going to be the WWE 2K killer we want it to be. And I don't know if this is fully going to be the No Mercy game everyone who's like a child of the 90s wants. But we'll see. The thing that's really making me up in the air is control scheme. Because I remember when I picked up No Mercy originally, On N64, you would have to use the D-pad to move the character, not the control stick. And I wonder if, because of today's controls being all analog stick, are they going to go back to the D-pad or not? Makes you think. But there's a new game coming out, a new fighting game, that people are talking about right now, the Street Fighter VI. Uh, I have yet to play Street Fighter VI. I have yet to own Street Fighter VI. Uh, from what I'm seeing as Street Fighter 6, it looks beautiful. It looks amazing. The f- combat looks fun. It seems like the easiest way of access to this game series. And it seems like it, it can appeal to casual gamers. It could appeal to the FGC kind of hardcore gaming t- team. Uh, I, I wanted to make this the time to talk about my f- favorite segment, Reviews of Games through other people playing games but I don't know if I really want to do it yet because it just came out and mostly it's just people going oh hype or losing and saying oh fuck but it looks fun the the, the, the characters look silly which is all I kind of want in the game uh, silliness uh, I, for me personally though as much as I like the Street Fighter 6 game as it is It seems like the only one to get like an ultimate edition or the one that has all the characters, right? Because it's a fighting game and you want to make sure you have every character in your fighting game. But there's like in-game currency and there's all sorts of like costumes to unlock. And I don't think this is like the Soul Calibur or mid-2000s kind of fighting game where it's all unlocked on the game. It feels like it's going to be an always live style series. And that's what I'm hesitant about with Street Fighter 6 still. As much as I like the game, I still am more partial to, well, what if there's no internet? Can I still have a controller and play with a friend here? And I don't know if you, you can. It seems like they're trying to aim more for an online mode and that 1v1 console mode kind of more for a fighting game style thing. The narration in the game is also pretty good because they are trying to drop hints at when to drop abilities and all that. It feels like you're in eSports, but it also feels very repetitive, the same way that you would see in, like, old WWE video games that, that, like, this Hell in a Cell match is great. It's the kind of thing you'll be seeing here, like, wow, what a great uppercut by Ryu! Kind of thing. Um... But it's it's fine. It's it it looks good. It looks beautiful. I think for me personally I'm going to wait till it's either on sale at like $30 or $40 before picking it up or wait till there's a game of the year edition or one that's like the Super Street Fighter 5 or 6 and pick it up then because I, it just feels like the game is not finished yet and I want to wait till it's complete before picking it up. Even though it looks beautiful and I want to play it. Um this week, though, uh, if you weren't playing the Street Fighter game, you might have been playing that Slayers X. Uh, the uh, J. Tholen from the the uh, the guy who made HypnoSpace has his a spinoff HypnoSpace game called Slayers X, and in some weird subtitles, and it's a parody of boomer. Uh, the term is what boomer shooters. But it just feels like a throwbacky kind of first-person shooter game that uh, akin to like a Quake or a Doom or Wolfenstein, where it's like it feels like someone's fan game from when they were a teenager, like an edgy teen, where they are like, "This is a game about me, and I'm a badass," in kind of a way that is funny in certain areas, and then just good on the. Uh, Matrix Edge Lord shit that is really funny about Zane and his character and like you gotta save it. Also, I work at this this part at this little like budget store. Also, my mom here and just really it's really like kind of funny the way it's it's like kids' first web comic that kind of teenage era of content creation that I think is kind of still reminiscent in certain areas these days but was very prevalent in the early 2000s internet age of like, this is a web comic with me and my funny friend. But when the case of this, this is like Matrix, Lord, sewer level. If you like this, you're gay kind of shit. And I, I mean, I like the fact it's it's trying to be tongue in cheek about it. Uh, and the more you go into the Easter eggs, the more you find out, like, just how much of a loser Zane is. <laughs> it's really funny. Um, however, in terms of the combat and the fighting, it just, the, the FPS mode just didn't really, I mean, it's quote-unquote easy, but to me it's just sort of just another first-person shooter game, and uh, it, 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 to me, it's just Okay. In terms of like if we're going into the actual gameplay mechanic it's just an okay shooter with a very funny comedy thing i just wish they played more into like that uh that edgelord that postal kind of era where it's like everyone we trying to be edgy for the sake of edgy and you just have it be like this guy who's just completely devoid of any sort of thing like I have nothing against homosexuals, and I, I think it's cool. My, my friend is gay, actually, and just like backtrack it a bit. Or uh, he tries to come up with a new slur of some kind. They, they could have really went all in on the Zane character, but I think they wanted to make it more approachable to everybody. I just wish it was either more comedic where it needs to be, or more obvious or more better in the first person shooter era because it it just feels it feels like a, a good mini game like I, it's a perfect indie plan game pass but i would not pay like 20 bucks for it i would pay like maybe ten dollars or five dollars for it it just seems like a easy game That's like a good like easter egg in hypno space where it's like, hey, you beat the game, where is Zane now? Oh, he now has this video game. But uh, I think the Hypnospace universe is very funny. And I, I do love the comedy aspect in Slayer's X. I just wish it, it either had more level design or more creativity. But it's not afraid to make jokes about like how repetitive the, like, the like uh, the enemies are in the game. Uh, so it is it, OK, but it, it just sort of is like, yeah, it's a self-aware parody, but also could be better. It's it's it, it's it's three steps removed from being parody interactive is basically what I'm trying to say about Slayer's X. Uh, but if you like comedies, have you seen the Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse? Uh, I have not seen this movie. People have seen it this week, and I think it's going to be the biggest movie of the weekend. So I don't know if Little Mermaid's going to get second place. Maybe, but I haven't seen really any sort of thing. I think they're trying to push Indiana Jones at this point. But Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse seems like the movie people are going to see it twice or three times in theaters. And hopefully you play it loud because the audio apparently is very quiet in a way that's very interesting. Um, So... When it comes time to the Spider-Man movie, I I I don't I don't know if I'll be able to see it in theaters for obvious reasons. Uh, but I have pre-ordered it on Voodoo. <laughs> yes, you can pre-order the movie right now. On sale, mind you, with the first Spider-Verse movie. So I'm excited when that eventually comes out in like five months or so. Uh, the Super Mario Brothers, by the way, you can buy it now for thirty dollars and I don't think that's worth the price I think it's worth twenty dollars to fifteen dollars um but I will still probably get the Marvel movie but from what I'm seeing with the clips and everything it's amazing I like I like movies that play with the art style I like movies that are well plus it's Phil Lord and it it it's it, it it's it's the it's the clone High guys Clone High is back, and hey, so is this. The Clone High reboot. I've only watched the first three episodes now. I mean, I'm glad that it's it's back, but I'm still kind of just eh, about it. And I don't know if it's just because of adult animation or if truthfully, the last adult show I saw on Max was that Velma show that's still bringing like a yucky taste to my mouth. and this feels like the same kind of beats as Velma. Uh, which shouldn't be. It should be Clone High, which is more of a parody of teen dramas. But I'm not seeing that yet. I'm not seeing the, who will he choose? And the the, 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 cry with the... Yeah, I think that's also a problem. I'm seeing a lot of uh, the sad beats of the teen drama like in Clone High, but none of the... And this is when we play the indie rock song over it. Because this is Bill Lawrence's show, and Bill Lawrence, who does Scrubs and Ted Lasso, has notorious... Oh, this dramatic beat needs a sad indie song. Oh, well, uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse looks like a ton of fun. Uh, I won't be able to see it, though, but hey, if, you, if you've seen it, let me know. If you're playing Street Fighter Six, let me know. Uh, those both look like very fun projects. Those would be things that if there was another time in another place, I'd be all over them, but unfortunately, it's just not the case right now. Uh, also, it is Pride Month, so happy Pride to all the LGBTQIA, and uh, fuck off. All the people are like, well, look at the alphabet mafia, they can't, I can't be straight here, I can't do this. and all that kind of hokey-dokey bullshit. You know, it's the one time of year where, where I think people are trying to express themselves in a positive way about their own sexuality, and we are still dealing with the but I just don't want it around my kids kind of shit where it's like, yeah, well, you, you have that discretion, I guess. But um, it's going to be very fucking awkward when you see like a parent with a kid who's gay or a teacher that's gay or a teacher that's trans and, and other stuff. And then that kid's going to be confused and then you're going to get angry because that teacher exists And then you're going to want that teacher who's gay or lesbian to be kicked out because you're confused. And that's what makes me just so annoyed by a lot of this. And also, like, targeted rainbow capitalism shit. As I said earlier, uh, a few months back, rainbow capitalism's the worst. And I guess it showed up with the Bud Light thing and now the Target thing, where they're just going to backtrack the shit out of it just because they don't care. Um, the the funny thing about all this currently is uh, Mark Cuban, the Shark Tank guy. Uh, he is pr- like as much as he like reads Fountainhead and Anne Ryan and and is a devout capitalist. Uh, he has gone on record to say, like, yeah, I'm if if you know, like, supporting these L- LGBTQ people is woke. I guess you can call me woke. I mean, there there are people who pay things and buy things. I mean, they're just like everyone else. A marginalized group, it, it's just sort of fun to see the backtracking of everything going on. Also, the implosion of the GFP happening, yet again, because a lot of people want to be Trump and get rid of—it's basically who hates gay people the most, and who hates black people the most, and then who hates uh, women the most. Obviously not the woman, but also the women, in a way that's really annoying. So these Pride events are very beautiful, at least the ones in West Hollywood, because it's an iconic area, obviously San Francisco— another fantastic pride event. And there's all these great little things. I'm just seeing so many people happy. And that's, to me, like, like the exciting thing. It just feels like people hanging out. I mean, like, the pandemic is quote-unquote over. It's not, but let's assume. And they're finally getting to drink like $9 cocktails and listening to very annoying house rock in a way that is like, are we trying to relive, like, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, or now are we in the 2000s? Depending on which, like, how young you are, you're now in the, like, let's do DDR Eurobeat phase now of the of the music. Um, but it is very fun to see uh, people excited. It's still very sad, though, because people's lives are still at risk with this whole thing, and it's still very, like... It's weird to see happiness and sadness and mourning and grief and fury and anger all at the same time. Uh, it's it's one of the weirdest years for a Pride festival because uh, you know what's going to happen, and I'm pretty sure by the time I upload this, it's going to happen. People are going to post on social media they were at Pride. They're posting it on their Facebook. They're posting it on Twitter. And then parents are going to find their teachers' Facebook or find their like They're going to find somebody's Twitter account where they're shirtless at the Pride Festival. Oh, this is teaching our kid. I'm offended. And they're just going to try and single out and most likely murder the non-binary and trans teachers of this country because they are bitter, angry people. By the way, remember when they were all about like cancel culture and like, hey, I don't like cancel culture, and now they're fully on let's cancel people for existing? That's fun. Isn't that interesting? I love being a free speech person, but then forgetting about the First Amendment freedom of expression. But really nice, you know, just existing. You You shouldn't do that in America, but you can in almost any other westernized country. It's also considered illegal uh, to discriminate in Japan now, I read. Sorry, Abe-ites. You can't do that. And they have their own QAnon, I heard. Oh, Christ. Oh, well. So, what did I watch this uh, weekend? Because that's all I could do is just sit on the couch and watch shit. Well, I watched Taskmaster. Uh, They finished up Series 15, And spoilers, Mae Martin won. Congratulations to Mae Martin, the first non-binary comedian to win Taskmaster. They will be going on to the Champion of Champions later this year. And it's also, I think I was right, they were the first comedian to be on both a Taskmaster and a documental. Last One Laughing because Mae Martin was on LOL Canada and came in like third place and lost to Tom Green. It's really sad. Uh, But yes, Taskmaster still remains one of the best shows. I still don't know how they're going to do Junior Taskmaster. It looks like they're doing the tournament format, and I'm just a little hesitant about all that. But as long as it's still out of the box, as long as it's still funny, it's good. But I'm going to be honest, as much as I like Taskmaster and watching that show, I'm feeling the burnout on Taskmaster UK and Australia and New Zealand. It just... There's a bit of a burnout now, and you should really take a break, drink some water, relax. Uh, Additionally, I finally got to see Survivor. Well, I've always seen Survivor, but I mean like uh, the finale, Survivor finale night. And um, I I will say, wow, that was a... I I may have forgotten, but I kind of missed those live uh, shows in CBS Television City, but I can see why they... Decide to just do the reunion shows right then and there in Fiji. It saves them a shitload of money. Everything is mon- money at this point when it comes to Survivor cutting the amount of days, uh, limiting the food service. Like it, it's getting a little desperate. Uh, I, I mean, they're gonna try twists and all this, but I don't know if Survivor is. It's. It, I mean, Survivor is gonna be one of the best reality game shows in America. But I just don't know if it's like, every so often I watch it, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to skip most of this, because I just want to get to a tribal, or I just want to get to the comp, just like I do Big Brother. Because most of the time, it's just like, hey, I work a deal with you. Also, I found a hidden immunity idol, and it's just nothing for me. <laughs> no, it's nothing for you. Go back to your camp. No. Um, but Survivor has this loyal fan base, and it seems like with the Rider Strike uh, still looming, That they're going to keep putting on Survivor. Which is okay. But hey, if you want to survive, why, you can also be on Naked and Afraid. Or fucking, how about another survival-based show? I survived Bear Grylls. God damn it. God, fuck off. I watched Succession Finale... Yay, Tom wins. I watched Barry. Yay, he's dead. Then I watched I Survived Bear Grylls, and I'm like, what the fuck? This is like ending my fucking weekend on a low note. Succession, oh, fuck off. It ends up with a... What's the best way to describe I Survived Bear Grylls? They are... So someone saw Bullseye where they were trying to do extreme challenges and have the comedian with like the Karen Lutz character. And then they went and saw Bam's badass game show. And they went, well, this is kind of like a limited one area game show. We're going to do that. And also we're going to make it kind of based on the survival challenges, but it's mostly just physical challenges involving like getting muddy and dirty and, eating gross shit like it's fear factor it, it's a very very bad show they try their hardest to make it a comedy show because haha they done fell in mud and haha their head is now in in chum but it's just st- i'm not gonna say stupid because to say it's stupid means that the, like, Bear Grylls is stupid. It, it, they're trying to make homage to Bear Grylls in these challenges. But when you've seen shows like The Island, where Bear Grylls gets people to basically be a survivalist with him, and this is more like the dumber, cheaper, we-wasted-our-money kind of cartoon character Bear Grylls. Like, this is, like... Bear Grylls, to me, like, yes, he he can do silly. He he used to host Worst Case Scenario, and he was very funny on that show. But on this one, it's sort of just like a, oh, no, that one hit a header. Oh, dear, you're learning about this the hard way. Eh, eh." And it's just, you're not learning anything about survival enough. And it's mostly contestants that are probably told by the contestant coordinator, can you like trash talk each other and like like rib at each other? It'd be very funny if you did, including during the competition. To the point of it became very obnoxious. Is it the worst game show? No, obviously not. It's very cohesive, very straightforward. There's four contestants and three challenges. And each challenge, someone gets eliminated. So four becomes three, three becomes two, and two becomes one. And that last one standing ends up winning the crash prize. Sponsored by Mountain Dew. Sponsored by Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. And it's just like, yes. Yes, imagine that. Imagine, like, Bear Grylls, man vs. Wild, and, like, suddenly in the middle of nowhere, Mountain Dew ads, like, Oh, man, can't believe it. I'm in the desert for 12 days. I barely had any water. I've been drinking my piss for eight days straight. But look over in the horizon. Another piss drink. Mountain Dew. Delicious. Yum, yum, mate. No, come on. It fucking sucks. (laughs) So the challenges like I did I'm going to say they're harmless, but it's these are very forgettable. This is a very forgettable show. This is Dodgeball Thunderdome 2.0 in terms of a very forgettable challenge-based show that's meant to get people talking cuz it has Bear Grills. He's a famous celebrity, but it does like it, there's nothing exciting about the show. If you were going to I survived Bear Grills, it's not about the wilderness. You're just surviving the Bear Grills experience. It just sort of sucks <laughs> it's like a it, it's sort of like you you fucking this feels like a show that they try to do for like with children in mind or teenagers like the teen brat camp with bear grills oh look at these prima donnas and they are now gonna get dirty mm, like that's the kind of shit we're we're seeing here Oh, they're eating fish heads and fish eyeballs. Oh, gross. Stinky. Oh, it's so stinky. Oh, look at the stinky contestants. Oh, they're going to eat something gross. Oh, and they're falling in the mud. Oh, you're going to laugh out loud because here's Sparrow Grills and we're going to laugh at them. Oh, it fucking sucked. I I mean I should have really saved it for for game shows I suppose but I'm probably going to forget about it in like a day just to say it's forgettable it's a d not an f but it's a d show it's it's a I think a one star kind of show one out of 5 uh it it, it cuz it's not like okay so if you're going to go into the whole like I want to be on a Bear Grylls survival show. You don't get that. It's not a survival show. So that's that that whole like uh escapism fantasy or that whole like I'm a big fan of Bear Grylls and I want to be just like Bear Grylls. You don't get that. There's no roughing it out in nature other than you're in a weird forest and it looks like a fucking Mountain Dew advert. It feels like a cartoon. It feels like You just got to think, they could have redecorated this with, I survived Steve Irwin if he was still alive. It's that level of cheap. I survived Jackass! Same level of cheap. Just just terrible. Horrible. Gross. Yuck. Forgettable, namely. Um, But lastly, and this was the one that boggled my mind, over the weekend... 30 for 30 returned on uh, ESPN's documentary series. Turns out I have ESPN plus because I got the Disney bundle that up and they have a 30 for 30. It was a two parter and it's the American gladiators documentary. And it is look when I did American gladiators a long time ago, I had to run off a little bit of info. And I don't think I even got the full story of American Gladiators. I was going off like the challenges and being challenges and Hulk Hogan had an addition and just it was weird, to say the least. Um, But it is fun to see like the whole story. Now, they kind of present two parts. Mostly it's the John Ferraro star story. And it's like, John Farrell was a singer, and he was an Elvis Impressionator, and it's all taking place in Erie, Erie, Pennsylvania. And I do like that they they even kept that in on the wiki page, because the way I've always interpreted the story was, Dan Carr had the American Gladiators games, and pitched it to John, and John was the showman who tried to present it as a game show. And it kind of happened that way but turns out it's a little bit more messed up than it is john ferraro basically screwed over dan carr throughout this whole thing and a whole mystery of like why can't this person talk and homophobia with some of the uh with some of the gladiators uh gladiators being on steroids and drugs because they had to uh (laughs) continue recording through pain because they didn't want to lose their spot during the few days of tape days even though they're only going to make 600 bucks uh anyway um it turns out that American Gladiators, as much as I liked that show and I love the American Gladiators and the Dave vs. Gladiator and they really did present that, though. They even got two scoops back to review the show and then talked about, and they got Nigel Lifko to talk about the UK version a bit. So certain eras of the game show itself I loved because that's the kind of thing that's like, I wish more people knew about this about game shows. In a way that's great. But then it goes into, like, well, the money kind of got blown out. Also, dinner theater happened and it bankrupted a producer. And that was very sad. Uh, and just the cheapness of how much the, the gladiators got paid and all the uh, residuals never going to gladiators, and that includes on lunchboxes and Nintendo games. And just the aspect of just the more impacts... And then they tried to talk about the reboot of Hulk Hogan being terrible. And the gladiators were going like, because it's soft. It's not as rough as it was in the 80s. And no, you don't want it to be that rough. Because when it's rough, there were injuries. And the injuries were bad because concussions are terrible. CTE has been on an all-time high. And when you consider the dangers of the NFL and WWE, you can't do that. But at the same time, what made it very interesting was like, I think the reason it sucked was because they went more into a pro wrestling route. The American Gladiators are not pro wrestlers as much as you want to make them be like villains and whatever. What is so amazing about American Gladiators circa the 80s, 90s, the very, the first iteration is that they are both heroes and competitors so they are like talking to the audience like hey kids stay in school and go to the gym like Hulk Hogan eat your vegetables and all that. And they're trying to be these PSA people and like hey kids you know and they're trying to be mentors to a lot of of kids. It's a kid show basically with adults playing for money. And when you get to like and it's tough cuz I think like the only one that character kind of missed was maybe like titan titan in the reboot was probably the more more accurate gladiator that fits that description of like a every man like a homelander you want a homelander you want somebody that looks good but is also a villain because he's destroying these amateur athletes um but the whole story is basically about Erie, pennsylvania and it's all about the ferraro it's all about dan carr and the mystery of dan carr And it's really good. To me, it's one of the best documentaries in terms of trying to capture the story of how American Gliders came to be by doing a reverse storytelling device on how and how and how to lead to the final point. Uh, And it even has a false narrator in the form of John Ferraro. Now, John Ferraro's uh, counterpoint to this you could take at face value. He seems like a guy who's just... being like a classic Hollywood schmuck, just the muckety-muck of, hey, you know, I did this, this happened, and then this thing. I'm a good guy, I'm a bad guy, and then eventually a good guy. And they did sort of make that the story arc. He's a good guy, because in the beginning, you see his rags to riches story, you see his parents, but then you see kind of he kind of has this appearance that he's very protective of, and that becomes a big focal point in the story. That leads to him being the bad guy because here is a lot of gladiators saying, "Yeah, he fired me. Also, he told this person to fuck off because I'm gay. Also, this happened, and it wants to protect the American gladiators brand because we can't have these bad things happen like homosexuality in the '90s." You see, Gemini having a, like a just just this depressing rant, going from like, "Hey, the Rodney King riots happened, and we had a." Police episode. (laughs) That was a great like clip. Then we get to like a, but then he said you're you're not you're it's not this person you're Gemini you're always gonna be Gemini, and he loses his identity and he breaks down in tears over that because those were wasted times with his kids, and you realize like this is a heartfelt story as well if like this show really did help people and hurt people at the same time both physically and mentally. And have taken a big toll on just about everybody. In a way that makes it kind of interesting. The last time they kind of presented that was the Ric Flair documentary, I feel. Uh, So, it's really fun. It's two parts, about three and a half hours long together. But what makes it good is they do talk to Dan Carr at the end. Because he's been a very mysterious guy in terms of everything American Gladiator's. And ultimately, I think that is kind of what we should really say is it's an it's Dan Carr's baby from Erie, Pennsylvania, as a union ironclad worker in a picnic function. And he wanted to turn those games that he created during these picnic events into a physical challenge tournament to raise money for kids. And that became an idea for a game show by John Ferraro, who stole basically all the games. You stole the challenges of Dan Carr, and you'd made the pageantry. Now, if it's the pageantry, he fucking made it beautiful. It's a beautiful presentation. And it's one of those things where if you look back in the 90s, it's like, wow. Not a lot of game shows look like this. Not a lot of shows look like this that he made in revolutionary television. And that's something to be very proud of. So he is a hero. He's also a villain that's the kind of thing that i kind of enjoyed the most is the john ferro character you like him you hate him he is a very gray character in this he is he an asshole absolutely but he's telling his personal truth to it and then you're seeing the real truth behind the scenes on everything as well some of it is truthful other times he's bullshitting but you do get an accurate portrayal of the story and you're also learning whatever happened to Malibu, which is also very good. Um, I I think the American Layers documentary was very fun in, in multitude of ways. Uh, essentially speaking, it's just seeing a lot of the gladiators like 30 years later, and seeing the appeal to re- bringing it back. The best the best thing is, is it's a spoiler at the end is that Dan Carr's, because this was a Union ironclad series game. So based on union and iron union in Erie, Pennsylvania steelworkers, what's up? uh, Only got on the air in syndication because of the writer's strike in, in the eighties. And the only reason the reboot happened was because of a writer's strike in the two thousands. So it's, everyone's making the same joke of that's very funny that the show basically became a scab production over unions, so it's a very somewhat political story as well. Over labor laws in this country. Also, there's a writer strike right now, so heads up. At any point, there might be a reboot of American Gladiators in the works. Do not get that confused with the gladiator show in the UK, which is apparently a big hit right now. From I'm hearing, they had sold out tickets, and they have uh, gladiators, and apparently. Apparently, from what I'm hearing as well, the gladiators are actually getting paid. Also, there's safety in mind. Can you believe that safety in 2023 on American Gladiators, but still looking like the original show? Like what? Anyway, they have yet to bring back American Gladiators. Uh, two years ago, we reported uh, Seth uh, Rogan wanted to bring it back. Uh, The WWE wanted to bring it back last year, but no words on those yet. But hey, you never know what's going to happen. So I I honestly thought that was the best thing of the week. Uh, I like watching a few documentaries. Like the Funk and Pop uh, Nickelodeon Studios things, those are both really good. This is right up there, too, because this is more of a firsthand account of everything. And very funny, very tongue-in-cheek, very unorthodox, the kind of thing that I think even, like, Ferraro would probably be amused by. Because that's kind of the thing he wants, a bit of entertainment, a bit of blend of reality and fantasy, that you don't know what's real and what's not. I think he would appreciate that a little bit as well. And to me, just as a love of game shows, it's really good. Uh, Also, Game Show Show ended uh, last week. Episode 4 dealt with dating shows, and I'm so glad that Fuckboy Island got a shout-out. That's it. I don't have anything else I want to talk about about that. Um, congrats to Adam Neediff and Christian Carrion and all and Sherry Herman. Uh, all sorts of fantastic guests. Derek Beckles was there. Just the fantastic people who love game shows talking about game shows. To me, that was the exciting thing. The funniest thing was seeing Chris Hardwick show up, talkbook Singled Out. And then like, hey, we had a gay episode. We had a few of those. And also MTV pulled the plug and aired them late at night. Because they didn't want to get the, uh, the bad attention on MTV when they were so big on being provocative in the 90s with Marilyn Manson huh <laughs> okay well that's it um so hey check out game show show on hulu it was fun check out the american layers documentary on espn plus and uh disney plus just to complete the bundle trifecta check out um check out the uh ant-man the new Ant-Man movie's there now, I guess. The only thing it makes you want to think about is, whatever happened to Crush in the 2008 reboot of American Gladiators? Really makes you think. Remember? Crush? Huh? I know. I know. My favorite was Matt Morgan. No, really. He was on American Gladiators. Uh, he played Beast. Anyway, uh, that will be it for today's episode of a podcast. I wish I could play more video games or listen to podcasts or any sort of other thing, but I'm just a little tired at the moment. I think you should leave uh, finished up their season three, and I will say it was a pretty good season. I binged all that in a day. Uh, My favorite – everyone has a favorite skit, like the robot or the crooner car – um, it feels like the the problem with I think you should leave is now it's a race to see what will be the meme of uh, it's always going to be a, a race to the memes uh, pay it forward with the 55 burgers 55 french fries that's going to probably be a meme crooner car uh, and probably jelly bean what are you doing shut the fuck up and then become the dollar thing like that's Although my favorite one was the pop punk uh, song, because Turn because Turnstile came up with an original song that's like a parody of pop punk uh, songs of the mid two thousands, and it was like it started out as like an awkward kind of uh, character skit where it's like, hey, we're shirt brothers because we all have the same shirt, and it just ends up leading into this like messed up sort of I heard a song it's really messing me up kind of comedy uh but hey that just means more memes and then we're all gonna hear about them and the jokes for another year until we end up uh having through season four just out of nowhere again Lastly, Black Mirror on, has a new trailer because there's going to be more Black Mirror episodes. And I like Black Mirror, but this time around it feels less like Black Mirror. It feels more like movie genres. We're doing movie genres. We're doing a romantic movie. We're doing a thriller movie. Hey, we're even being a self-referential about streaming services. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Isn't that exciting stuff maybe i don't know anyway that's all i can talk about right now my voice is dying uh so that's gonna be it for tonight's episode if you like what you're hearing play hit subscribe visit me jordan haas.com for more episodes check me on social media at jordan patreon.com slash jordan haas if you want to help this project out which i don't know why you would but it's there patreon.com slash jordan haas And we'll see you again soon for another episode. Until then, this is Jordan Haas signing off.